Good morning, Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. You know, uh, a lot of things happen uh, every week, and, uh, you know, we are privileged to have our next guest. And now, by way of Columbus, Ohio, he is the CEO and Chief Storyteller at Sean Speaks LLC. He is a brand ambassador at Inman News. He's a realtor at Cole Baker. He likes golf, music, and Dr. Seuss. He is Sean Carpenter. What's up, David? Man, How are you? I feel like I should be ripping my sweatpants off and going in the game. Throwing my chalk up in the air like uh, like LeBron. Yeah, there you go. Except uh, we don't like LeBron anymore. Sorry. Uh, we don't like him in Ohio either. <laughs> He's not allowed in Miami or Ohio. Well, you know, I, he did help the Cavs win a championship, so I guess they'll they'll take the one. I'll tell you, um, you know, listen, LeBron obviously is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And, you know, um, you, you know, you look at it and it's I, that one series where the Cavs beat Golden State, like, I know people want to say, oh, well, Draymond, Draymond Green got kicked out and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, I mean, that was – that was just unbelievable. It was that one was of the one most man, unbelievable. That was one man series. putting a team in a city on his back. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I hated it. I hate, you know, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, come on, just one win, Golden State, one win, right? And uh, and it, it was it was very very special. So, yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, and you know, I didn't really didn't want to see your owner win the championship because that really like kind of <laughs> irked me, but. <laughs> So what's going on, man? Tell me, tell me, uh, what, what do you want to talk about today? So, you know, you know, you talk about uh, storytelling, you talk about, um, you know, the real estate landscape itself has changed, you know, as a real estate agent, as a, as a real estate broker, um, you know, even vendors, affiliates, you know, we're all scurrying around during the pandemic. And quite honestly, we, we never really knew what was going to happen during this pandemic. So how did you fare and, and how did you kind of, you know, change your business, you know, both in the, in the Sean Speaks and, and, um, and uh, as, as a realtor for Cole Banker? Well, obviously, you know, David, I've, I've believed in the 24 years I've been in this business that, that real estate is strictly a relationship business, right? The house, the, the condo, the, the commercial, the land, whatever, whatever that is, is just the widget. It's about the people that live in the houses, in the condos, work in the, in the commercials or, or build on the land. And so, you know, we had to continue to keep building relationships. Uh, you know, my philosophy of build relationships, solve problems, have fun, didn't change. It just, we, we had to do it different ways over the last year and a half. You know, I mean, you really think back, I mean, we're now into, into kind of the second, you know, our last 12 months started May 1st. Right. And so, um, obviously we pivoted a little bit that word we heard a, t a lot early, but it still came down to, to keeping in touch with people. You know, I, I did a webinar probably 40 times last year called how to keep in touch when you're not supposed to be touching. And it was all about the things that every agent, whether they're experienced or, or brand new, could still do is get on the phones, get on social media, uh, get in people's yards six feet apart, whatever they needed to do to, to keep earning that top of mind awareness with their customers, their clients, and their communities. And that's what I, that's what I continued to do. And so, you know, my business didn't change much. I, I, instead of going into the office in the morning to do my 4-H club, I came down to my home office here in the basement and I did that. You know, I've, I've started working from home. I did a lot more webinars than I would have done speaking gigs last year, uh, which was great. So I was able to get out to a lot more people, you know, technology allowed us to, to get further and faster and freer, you know, in front of more people. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, you know, we, you know, technology and video, 
and even before this, you know, Zooms and, and, and stuff like that. And then it just kind of facilitated it at a, like a rapid pace. You know, even, you know, even the agents that have been in the business, like you said, 24 years, you know, that are getting, you know, towards, um, you know, they've always been, you know, face to face, belly to belly. And now they're having to do Zooms and they're having to do certain things. And it was, to me, it was fascinating watching, you know, real estate industry experience agents that um, normally were doing touching belly to belly and now are uh, morphing into some technology and embracing it. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said that at the very end, embracing it. You know, earlier you said they're having to do Zoom. I like to say we're getting to do Zoom. I mean, we're getting to connect, you know, from Columbus, Ohio down to Boca Raton. Look, I'd much rather do this in person. Next time you want to have this conversation, let's get on the plane and uh, we'll sit on your veranda. But, but I think this has allowed us to have buyer counseling sessions, to meet with sellers. You know, I, I, a few months ago, I met with a seller to go through a multiple, you know, offer transaction. I was able to pull up on my screen an Excel spreadsheet. We were able to talk it out. Um, and, and, you know, time is of the essence in our business, David. We know that. Well, talk about not having to drive across town, find a place to park. You know, oh, crap, I forgot something back at the office. I mean, it's, it, technology has really made it uh, hard to, to make excuses about, I wasn't able to connect with my clients. Yeah, no. Um, So I don't know if you know, but you know, when we first did this three years ago, over three years ago now, um, our, our, you know, every, every kind of vlog or podcast or whatever Facebook live show has to, you know, you has to have a stick, right? Mm -hmm. And our stick was um, secret handshakes. So we would only do in-person interviews and we do secret handshakes. And we, we certainly were, uh, you know, doing all kinds of crazy handshakes or whatever. And, uh, well, that changed, <laughs> you know, good. Could, could you imagine doing a handshake now? Like even you have to do the pretend, even if you're vaccinated. Pretend you know, fist like, bump with a blow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we, we definitely, all of us have kind of pivoted and, and such. So tell us a little about the real estate market in Ohio, you know, and, you know, you know, through the pandemic, you know, have things open Were there things that really, um, you know, restricted your business, um, you know, um, and tell us a little bit about how, how things are going now. Yeah. So the market's probably much like any, everyone in the United States is challenging right now, David, but there's lots of opportunities. I think I say that every day. Uh, it's always a challenging market when the market's good, when the market's cha- you know, bad, it's, it's, it's always challenging. And so, but I do believe there's lots of opportunities. Uh, you know, the great thing about Columbus is, you know, we're the capital of Ohio, a uh, little under 2 million people in the greater Columbus area, where I think we're the 15th or 16th largest city in the country. So a lot of people don't realize that. Um, but, you know, obviously we have the Ohio State University here. We have the the capital and a lot of hospitals and insurance companies and banking. So the market has stayed strong. When the when the, when the market went up in 03, 04, 05, and you guys in South, South Florida, you know, saw these massive 15, 20, 30% jumps, we were, you know, chugging along at six and seven and eight. And then when the market went down and you guys saw massive 15 and 30% drops, we saw drops of two, three, six, you know, so we're kind of that turtle in the race, David, but uh, markets market is good here, but much like everywhere, inventory is fast. And I like to say inventory is fast versus inventory is low. Inventory is moving quickly off the shelf. So it's causing the inventory to be down. You know, we have 8,300 agents here in the greater Columbus area approximately. And there's about 1200 listings this morning available for sale. So same, same thing as everybody else. And and so what it comes down to, I was talking to a broker in Toronto 
a couple weeks ago, I was doing a presentation for their company and he called me the day before saying, Hey, can you make sure you share secrets to getting listings in today's market? And I said, Ralph, you know, you and I know both know there's no secrets to getting listings. There's no secret handshake. There's no little word you say. <laughs> it's about being in front of people, building relationships, earning top of mind awareness, being the one they think of when they think of real estate, right, David? I mean, here's the, the fact, Absolutely. you and your agents down there in, in, in beautiful Boca Raton, if they ask themselves this question, do, does my sphere of influence know any other realtor besides me? The answer is gonna be yes. The question needs to become, what do I need to do to make sure I'm the one they think of the next time they think about real estate? No, I agree. You know, and we look at the real estate market, um, you know, across the country and people will start talking about housing shortage and things like that. And, you know, and then it's the, it's the question of, well, is it a housing shortage or is demand just outpacing, you know, the inventory? And, you know, it's an interesting conversation, but, you know, what do you think on the real, you know, because I've obviously, you know, you've been in it for 24 years. I've been in it for 20 years. You know, I've never seen a market obviously like this. Um, I think most people haven't, um, maybe ever. Um, and, uh, you know, you're looking at it going, well, how is every market busy? <laughs> like, how is the demand busy in every market? Because usually, you know, as you, as you mentioned, you know, you know, one market, you know, might not be so busy because they had some kind of thing happen or whatever. And, and they're leaving the, you know, the state taxes going up or, or, or what have you. Um, but how is it that everyone's busy? Well, I think the pandemic obviously changed a lot of the way we live, right? And and the value of a home and what people need in a home. Uh, obviously, the, the some of the weather issues that happened in the last year have impacted lumber, have impacted glass, have impacted steel. I see our friend Todd. My friend Todd's on here watching, and he's uh, he's with a you know a doors and hardware company in Atlanta. Um, he was talking to me last night about how there's a steel surcharge now, right? Because of, you know, a lot of their plants in Texas were impacted by the, by the storms there and back in February. Well, interesting that a one or two week shutdown can really impact the supply chain. And so, you know, I'm sure you're seeing it down there, you know, builders didn't build enough homes during the slow times. And it's hard to play catch up when, when you have a product that takes six to eight to 10 months to build. And, you know, and Everywhere around the country, you see apartments going up and you're think, thinking to yourself, who's moving here? Why are, why are there so many apartments? And yet apartments are filled. Right. And I think to, to Tracy's question there on the screen, um, the single best method for finding the sellers that motivate to sell now is continue to have those conversations. But here's the thing. Where are the sellers going to go? Right. If they don't have a place to go, I think we can all agree, David, there's a ton of people out there right now that would sell today if they had a place to go to. But it's that accordion effect. That's Yeah, it's that accordion <laughs> effect of... If I put my home on the market right now, the, the fear is it's going to sell in a day. And then I got to find something, which means I might have to settle for something, right? Or, you know, massively pay. So it, it, it certainly is a challenge, but, but you know, until the builders can catch up. But the great, the great thing, and I, I, I mean this, David, that you, your 20 years, my 24 years tells us is we know the market will change. We don't know when, but it will. And, and trust me when I say this, it is just a matter of time before we're sitting around the coffee pot in the broker office complaining that we only got one offer at full price, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You know, it's, uh, you, you know, you always want what you don't, you know, you don't have, right? So uh, yeah. um, I will tell you that this market is extremely draining. 
you know, I, I, I hear it from agents, you know, um, they're working morning, noon and night. Um, there's significant more competition. I mean, in our board, we have uh, 36,000 members in our, in our association. Wow. And, um, and we have, we're adding about 200 agents a week um, to our board. So, you know, when you're looking at it, like, you know, and that's, you know, that's 40 a day, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, David, David, you as a broker know this, our business is an easy business to get into. It's a difficult business to be successful in. And yep. there's, there, that's, you know, there, that's a big difference. Um, because, because in the past years, you look at the last 10 years or so, there's been about 5.1 million homes sold, which is basically 10.2 million sides. And it hasn't changed much. Right. And what has changed is the number of agents in the business, but the number of transactions hasn't changed. So it's who's getting those transactions. It's the people who have the best relationships, the best tools and systems, the best, the best backing behind them with their broker and, the, and their board and their association, you know, providing the, 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 the most, you know, ability to, to gain trust from our, from our clients. So how are we going to combat professionalism and incompetence? <laughs> in this market, you know, because you're looking at agents that are coming in with less broker supervision these days. Um, you know, um, you know, they're thrown into the mix, you know, and um, they're going around and, you know, it, and it's been proven. You know, the, the consumer doesn't necessarily pick the best agent. They pick the agent that's closest to them or that no likes and trust, you know, that they trust. And so, you know, you know, a friend of a friend, how many times, you know, a cousin or a friend or you know, what have you, a sister, you know, um, that's only gone ahead and sold, you know, a few homes a year um, is getting those transactions. You know, when these new agents are coming in, how are we going to increase professionalism and increase incompetence in, in the marketplace? Well, maybe it's a perfect segue to, to the introduction that you provided for me and, and kind of the theme of this presentation uh, or topic today is we got to tell a better story, David. We have to tell a better story because, and here's the thing, if we can tell a better story about what we do, how we take care of our customers and clients and how we represent our community and our industry, if we do a good job with that consistently over time, people will tell our story for us. And, and because it's such a relationship and referral business, right? 70% of buyers found their agent through some sort of a relationship. Either they already knew the agent, were friends or family with them, or were, were referred by somebody right? Or met them at an open house, right? So somehow there was a relationship started. So the more of that happening, you, you, you know, you said people either call the, the person they're the first person they see because they think we all do the same thing. So we've got to tell a better story that we don't all do the same thing, right? We know that we don't do the same thing. We know that there's agents out there that don't do the same thing. But if the consumers think we all do the same thing, then it boils down to what's the difference? Who's the cheapest? Right. And so let's continue to tell our story on social media, in blogs, in videos, in, in any place we can. And I like to say word of mouth is great, but you know, it's even more powerful than that. Word of mouse, word of mouse, people telling our story on, you know, ratemyagent.com and, and Zillow and Google and all these other places that more people are going to then see it and say, wow, this guy over here has got all these reviews and these people telling stories and these people that are loyal to him. And, you know, when we can create that bullseye of fans and then, allows us to, to serve more people. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I just look at, you know, you know, my biggest pet peeve is, is, you know, the lack of broker supervision, um, in the marketplace. Um, 
And, you know, and, and quite honestly, the, the lack of broker responsibility or liability, because ultimately it's, it should be the broker's responsibility to make sure that the agents are trained um, well enough in, in all aspects, not just, you know, contracts and, and such, but trained, you know, in uh, dealing with the other agents, yeah. you know, not arguing with them. Imagine that, like actually like, you know, wanting to actually do a deal with, uh, you know, um, you know, so I think, you know, we need to work on the facilitation of, you know, how do we get to a point where we're going to be professional? I'm not competing with you. I'm a collaborator. Exactly. I'm going to collaborate yeah. with you. Yes. I, listen, David, I, I think one of the problems starts at the state level where the pre-licensing teaches nothing about sales. All it teaches about is square footage and appraisal and land and air rights and eight, how many square feet are in an acre, which in 24 years, not a single client has ever asked me that question, <laughs> right? Not a single client has ever said to me, you know, Sean, I like this house, but what quadrant of what quadrant are we in right now, <laughs> right? And so the sales part of our business is, is critical. And then we talked about it earlier, uh, David, the trust, right? Because it is a no like, and trust business. But let me just point something out. The knowing and liking part's easy, right? I mean, David, you have some friends of yours that you know and you like, but you wouldn't trust when it comes to financial advice. You have some friends of yours that you know and you like, but you wouldn't trust when it comes to parenting advice or dieting advice. So hey. you know, we've got to get people to, <laughs> to trust us. And I like to say the three C's of trust that we can work on every single day, whether you're a brand new agent or an experienced agent, the three C's would be competence, right? Are you good at what you do? Do you take classes from your broker, from your board, from your association? Are you reading the right blogs? Are you listening to the right podcasts? The second C is confidence, right? People trust you if you're confident. People can hear it in your voice. They can see it in your, in your body language. They can feel it when you're around them, right? So competence and confidence kind of feed off each other. And the third C, which I think is most important when it comes to trust, and that's consistency. How can, how can you consistently show your customers, your clients, and your community that you are competent and confident? That's a lot of Cs. But but if I can show up every time and every time they, I walk in the room, they're like, there's Sean. He knows what he's talking about. He's good at it. Every time he shows up, he's got a good attitude. You know that. So, so earning trust, which is the key to our success, right, is through competence, right, classes, podcasts, webinars, books, confidence, and consistency. Yeah, I love it. No, I mean, you know, you're building relationships, you know, through all those as well, those three C's. And and I think it's, you know, it's so important, you know, in this in in our real estate industry where, you know, you know, we're consumers, as as you said, consumers think we're all equal. Mm -hmm. um, but we're so far from equal because right now we probably have ten percent, maybe even 5% doing 95% or 90% of the business. Um, we don't have, you know, it, it keeps on constricting. We have a lot more, you know, agents taking a couple pieces of the pie, but certainly not a, not a, not a, a you know, large percentage of the pie. And, and the reason is, is because eventually, I think consumers do see through things. Mm -hmm. And eventually they, they are going to get conditioned to look at reviews um, but don't just look at, you know, Zillow reviews or Realtor.com reviews or whatever. Look at the Google reviews, you know, look at the Rate My Agent reviews, you know, those kind of things are are, are, are big. And um, um, I love the telling the story. So how would you tell the story of a, of a Sean Carpenter um, as a real estate agent? How would you get 
or you get your consumers. And I don't know if you've ever read raving fans, but how would you get your consumer to be a raving fan of Sean Carpenter? You know, I think one of the ways we can do that is by asking for opportunities up front. You know, David, I'm really looking forward to working with you. I know Tracy, you know, told you how good a job I did for her. Um, but here's the thing I w- I'd love to ask for you, David. When we're all said and done, when we get you to that finish line, we get your keys to your new house. If I do a good job, would you feel comfortable telling your friends and family about me so that I can kind of take someone else and put them in your spot and, and help the next home buyer here in, in Southeast Florida? You know, and so asking along the way for those referrals, being good enough to provide not just good customer service, David, but a memorable experience from start to finish. Because great service isn't enough anymore. Great service, no, great service is expected. You yeah. got to provide a memorable experience through the through the process. And so, and and this is a big one: maintaining the relationship after the closing with both buyers and sellers. Because if you just basically get to the finish line, get your commission check cash, and say, "Okay, thanks a lot. Call me when you need me," they're not going to call you because they won't need you. But if you all of a sudden say it wasn't really about the commission check, that's a nice bonus. I'm glad I got it, but I really was my goal was to help you and your family get to your next chapter of your life that when we keep that at the at the forefront if we keep that at the at the front of what we're doing every day then everything else usually takes care of itself that's why at the, really at the end of the day david i when i lay my head down on the pillow i try and say to myself did i build relationships today did i solve problems today did i have fun today and if i answer yes to all those three questions usually the contracts the closings the speaking opportunities will take care of themselves i love it so, um, you know, in, in kind of summary, right, uh, yeah. you know, Tracy said it best, you know, um, as, as kind of re-uttered your words, build relationships, solve problems, have fun. And you really, in order to make this business, um, you know, a lot more enjoyable, uh, you have to do what you like to do. And you yeah. have to work with people that you want to work with and appreciate and acknowledge you just like you do them. And um, too often I see... You know, people saying, well, I don't have a closing next month, so I'm going to work with this, you know, buyer that's just, you know, nasty and yelling at me and whatever else. And, or, 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 or a buyer just bringing me around 100 different properties. You know, it's okay to say no because, you know, as the old adage says, you know, when you say no to something, you're going to, you have an opportunity to say yes to something else. You bet. So, um, you know, I, I, I love it and I think it's great. And Sean, I really appreciate you coming on. So I always end the uh, conversation with two questions. Um, okay. And I don't know if you watch uh, Netflix, Hulu, that kind of stuff, but uh, we'll go. What's your favorite all time streaming series? And uh, what are you currently watching? All right. So Breaking Bad will be my answer to that. I was kind of one of those people that never saw it when it was on AMC. And then I was always one of those people saying like, oh, I'm never going to go on Netflix. I don't have time to. And then I just, I watched one or two episodes and I was hooked. It's one of my favorite episodes. I think every character in the, in the show was fantastic and it was just fun. And then obviously the, the spin-off Better Call Saul is a, is a fun one to watch as well. And what am I watching right now? Uh, a lot of music, music documentaries. Uh, I've kind of just gotten into those because I don't have to, you know, build in weeks at a time. Um, I did finish the, the Wire. I went back and watched The Wire, which was a great series, but a uh, musical documentary I want to recommend to you and your, and your people on this uh, session. It's called Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals. I believe you can find it on Amazon right now. It is a rockumentary about Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and this small little recording studio where much of the music that you know, David, was recorded through. And it's an unbelievable story about these guys that uh, 
yeah, and Sunderland Till I Die is another good one there. Todd Todd recommends that one. That's a soccer one about a, a small town in uh, in England. But M- Muscle Shoals, put it on your must must listen to, David, and I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it. So the Sunderland Till I Die, I haven't seen that, but have you seen the um, – oh, shoot. Ted Lasso. Yes, thanks. <laughs> it's the best. Yes, Ted Lasso I think, is. I think Bill actually told me to watch that. Bill told was me really and Todd good. to watch it, and and I've watched it three times now. Um, it's so, so good. Yeah, I am a I am a big soccer fan. So Sunderland, Toy. Well, Sunderland, Toy Die. Put it on your list, and and Todd yeah. gave me some of the best recommendations. Um, turn on your uh, your uh, captions, your closed captioning, because there's a couple guys up there from the corners of England that you really can't understand what they're saying, <laughs> and then they get a coach from Scotland. But it really. Uh, David, it's the story of a, of a true t- team, Sunderland AFC, uh, and it's their journey, and it's about their players, their their front office, and their fans, and how much this little soccer club means to the city. And it's an amazing backstory that will make you a fan. That's awesome. Well, Sean, I, I really appreciate this. I know uh, um, your time's short, and, and you know, listen, I, I thank you for coming on to Breakfast with a Broker, and uh, best of luck and best wishes uh, for 2021, and, and that uh, you know, we all uh, do great things and build relationships and, uh, and, uh, with the three Cs, so appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, Breakfast with a Broker, every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We have another special guest next week. Have a wonderful week, guys, and I'll speak to you soon. Take care, guys. Thanks, Sean.